Welcome to South Carolina Launch's CEO podcast, where we hear from CEOs on their entrepreneur experience. Welcome to STRA's podcast. And today uh, we have our next featured guest, Ryan Heafy from 6AM. Ryan, welcome. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Excited to be here. Well, thrilled to have you. So Ryan, talk to us about uh, 6AM and, and what you guys are doing, how, how things started. Give us that, that story, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Uh, back, gosh, now it's been almost four years. In 2016, uh, back in around February of 16, I got together with Ryan Johnston, uh, whose family owns community journals in the upstate. Many people are familiar with upstate business journal, town magazine, uh, the Greenville Journal, and they were really looking for a way to innovate and hop into the digital space. Um, I had come from a deep background in aerospace manufacturing, which is what took me to South Carolina. And uh, Ryan Johnson, my business partner today, and I met at Leadership Greenville. Um, it was a great opportunity. We were kind of troublemakers, challenging the, the status quo uh, here in Greenville and how things uh, worked and operated. And we're very curious about our city and uh, I had exited the aerospace industry, started playing in tech startups. Ryan was looking for someone to kind of bring that operational skill together to uh, really take community journals into the digital space. Um, so, you know, from February of 2016 to July, we went out, built a product uh, called Greenville Today, our very first uh, email newsletter, uh, and took that to market in July of 2016 uh, and have since been uh, building uh, very rapidly. Awesome. And uh, when you think about uh, kind of present day and where you are today, um, what what things that you're doing today that you might not have ever imagined uh, developing or building when you uh, set the course to, to start this company? First, I don't think I would have ever been <laughs> in the media space at all. Um, as an en I'm a mechanical engineer by degree, and I always was taught to kind of follow the path that I went to school for, um, or just to go to the four-year degree program was something that I was taught. Um, and then I came out with a bunch of debt. I went and worked at a typical Fortune 500 company in manufacturing. I thought I was going to go be, you know, the general manager of an aerospace manufacturing company, um, and quickly learned that the the politics of it all, the ability to actually make change. The ability to have some entrepreneurial control uh, over your own life and to really build wealth didn't land in a Fortune 500 opportunity. Moved to that small business space, got to try some other things. And then today, uh, playing actually in a true entrepreneurial capacity where we're building our own company, um, you get to learn all the hard lessons on your own. Um, and it is entirely up to you on whether or not your staff get paid at the end of the day. So um, we've had a lot of learning lessons <laughs> along the way a lot of things uh where where we get advice from our mentors now that i sometimes wish we had in the beginning was on strong legal counsel financial counsel uh that hr uh we use an hr peo relationship to to maintain uh all some of that administrative stuff that just takes a lot of time as a leader and then a platform called trainual which really helps us with our onboarding and training of our employees so a lot of the things that we've put in place, you know, over the years that I really wish we kind of made the investment early on uh, would have helped drive um, 
just standardization of our business processes further forward faster uh, so that we could be successful even quicker. But I mean, we're very happy with where we are. Um, just a lot of lessons learned in, in that process for sure. Great. And, and as you think of uh, 2020, obviously unprecedented, uh, probably in the history of the world, and how a, uh, a community, a region, a country, a world updates itself and shares information. This has certainly been um, a year where all of our communication channels have really been put to the test. How has 6AM uh, played a, a role um, in this kind of pandemic world that we're, we're all living in today? Sure. Well, for those who aren't that familiar with 6AM, in the cities that we serve, specifically in South Carolina, Greenville, Columbia, and Charleston, and then four others in the southeastern region, we deliver an email product at six o'clock every morning, everything you need to know, local news and events uh, in a conversational tone. We've taken a uniquely apolitical approach to the product, uh, which gives us a much larger total addressable market size. The product is really designed to educate and activate people about how they can participate in their community, uh, whether that's virtually or in person or otherwise this year. Um, and then we really are trying to drive economic impact. And this year, uh, while COVID has come and affected many businesses, we've been set up in a hub and spoke management model from day one. Uh, our core operations are in Greenville, South Carolina, and we have remote uh, employees and staff all over the Southeast. And those staff, they live in the cities that we serve, but they've always been separated from the core business operations. So when we went to a virtual environment back in the beginning of the year, it was seamless. Uh, we had no challenges. There was no uh, issues at all. We had built our entire company process in a platform called Trainual. So we were, were able to onboard a new employee, get them up and running in two weeks as if they had been there for two years. So we've been pretty seamless um, in the growth aspect uh, with bringing on new staff. We've been seamless in just general business operations. But I think what maybe is more uh, important and interesting is that we've really been able to serve the community differently. Um, as businesses and restaurants and things started to come back, we are able to promote uh, job listings, uh, home, home listings, which is interestingly uh, selling like wildfire right now in some of our markets during COVID uh, and event listings. And as people pivot to virtual events and need a way to reach the audience, uh, and as people are looking to start rehiring now, um, or they're a small business that needs to push a deal of the day. We've created uh, very, very low cost opportunities uh, for people to participate, specifically small businesses to promote their businesses. And we've seen a huge ROI for those businesses that are now coming back to us over and over again to continue to promote themselves um, because we have that direct uh, connection with the reader. Uh, email is one of the best methods other than text message to really actually make a direct connection with someone in, in the community. And if they follow and have brand loyalty, which is what we've been building, um, our ability to share someone something with someone and them to actually act on it locally uh, is game changing for a lot of small businesses. So uh, we've been excited to be a small business. Um, we've you know had to take a little haircut on some of the things that we're offering as services. Um, but it's also helping get more and more businesses back moving, which drives more advertising dollars locally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been uh, quite the challenge, but uh, created a lot of opportunity for us as well this year. 
Awesome. And, and Ryan, where, where do you feel like uh, you're providing the, the most value today to, you mentioned a, a number of different areas, but um, which is just really phenomenal. Is there one or two specific areas that you feel like are getting particularly strong uptake? One of the things that we're seeing um, a big opportunity in uh, our D2C brands in our communities um, that have really come and sought us out as a means to connect. A lot of, a, a lot of companies in a community, uh, whether people realize it or not, have always been reaching out to their community through traditional means, be that the newspaper, TV, billboards, et cetera. But right now, people are not consuming or seeing those those mediums in a way that they used to before. So we really have been filling a gap for um, stores uh, that are selling products specifically to consumers because they can reach them still directly through a product while everyone's sitting at home. Our readership is uh, significantly up. Um, so right now we're actually overperforming uh, for a lot of those brands and actually having the direct conversion. So you may have historically been a brick and mortar store in your market, but COVID forced you to pivot uh, to the takeout and delivery and, and other methods to sell your product, we're filling that void and getting uh, our readership in front of that audience for that business. So uh, those impacts have been uh, pretty uniquely interesting. And then I think another thing that's really been big um, and is also personal to our, our staff is um, it's been a tough year from uh, racial inequality to uh, COVID to elections and trying to stay apolitical as a product is challenging because you're uh, in trouble no matter how, how you approach content. So our staff gets beat up a lot, but at the same time, our staff is providing a huge value to the readership and the community um, to provide some mental stimulation in a positive manner. Um, whereas most media outlets right now are providing content that is very uh, negative in nature. We're trying to be a little bit more uplifting source and the amount of reader feedback that we get around that is incredible. Um, I think, you know, we lose faith in humanity a little bit sometimes when we see just the, the amount of negative news and dialogue and social media right now. Um, but when you see the inbox and the messages that the community uh, provides back to our company, it's pretty impressive. Um, and makes us feel really good about the communities that we serve. That's huge. And you mentioned something that earlier in uh, COVID, John Krasinski launched uh, SGN, some good news, and had great uh, attention and up, uptake with that. What, what do you think he was tapping into there, and, and how does that um, apply to uh, what what 6am is doing uh are, are you seeing similar um kind of customer response we <laughs> we just did a market feedback analysis um and so we have about 275,000 subscribers right now um and we've got tens of thousands of responses uh through our own market feedback analysis asking our readers what they do and don't like <clears throat> about our own product um, and the number one most common piece of feedback was no politics, better uplifting civic local stories. Tell me how I can get involved and participate locally. Uh, stay out of all the other stuff that I'm getting fed to me in the national news. Um, 
is not value add. It's there's too much spin on it, too much bias. Uh, so they they're really seeking, I think, an outlet to connect with their community in an unbiased, non-political approach, and we are doing our best to deliver that um, every day. And I do think that that's probably our number one differentiator as a product. But people would rather uh, see and celebrate positive things um, that they can't elsewhere. And I think because we don't have a um, a filter built into our product that is so tightly defining user preference based off of what you're watching on social media, it, it's allowing us to help open up people's eyes to other ways that they can experience their communities. So I do really think that we have a unique opportunity to help uh, kind of expand people's diversity of knowledge on a local level so that they can more effectively participate in their cities versus just falling into the tight bubble that uh, trad traditional media uh, is creating for them right now. And that has to be a, a pretty uh, crisp challenge to, to maintain that. Uh, are there any kind of lessons learned or best practices that you're doing uh, to maintain that, that kind of unbiased uh, position? Yeah, uh, we work with several different, since we started, we worked with several different organizations to help us understand and create, um, I don't want to call it the perfect filter because it's always growing, but there is a subset of groups uh, and organizations that are across almost all cities uh, and geographies that you can pay attention to. So we lever technology to do social listening across all different groups. So. Whereas um, a particular individual might just see a very narrow scope of information in their market, we're listening to the Hispanic Alliance just as equally as we are, the Chamber of Commerce or the LGBTQ community or the, uh, the history group or the library system and small business X, Y, and Z. Um, and identifying and elevating the things that will resonate or, or are trending higher in those groups to bring forward to the community. So it's kind of the opposite of a news feed in that we're able to pay attention to a broader set. And then when we go into new markets, we help to build out and identify that filter. And then we listen to the community. And as the community continues to identify and bring things uh, forward and share them with us, we can add and expand to our filter. So we're paying attention to a broader diversity of content and then we also work just within our own staff. Uh, we have our virtual retreat coming up and we do um, some of our own uh, implicit bias training and sensitivity training, uh, working with Clemson University um, and some other organizations to help our staff really think about the best way to how we approach uh, content. A lot of people don't realize the importance of word choice um, in how you position something. So there's a lot we can do um, almost with that creative writing element to make sure that we're staying neutral um, in how we share about the news in our communities. That's great. And, and now, as, as you think about what's next and, and looking into 2021 and, and beyond, uh, what things excite you most and new opportunities and trends that you're seeing that uh, you feel 6AM will, will play a significant role in? Uh, the probably the biggest one is that there's a lot more cities for us to go to. Um, we've identified about 350 potential markets across the United States uh, in which we tend to start to expand our footprint significantly um, in 2021 and beyond. 
Uh, we're currently positioning the company to start that kind of rollout around February of next year. But there's a lot of movement um, and desire to solve for the future of local media on a national level right now. Um, the way that media has changed significantly over the years, uh, content creation has evolved dramatically. So where typically the local newspaper may have been the primary resource to learn about all the businesses and education and whatever locally, as private equity continues to roll up all these media companies, uh, the local paper stops covering education. Well, a local education nonprofit spins up to start to fill that void. As your business stops getting covered by the local paper, the local community, and the local business starts creating their own content, but they're looking for distribution partners. So 6AM is kind of acting almost as that Amazon distribution center for local content fulfillment. Um, so where we're paying attention to small businesses, nonprofits, news organizations, user-generated content, we're curating and aggregating that content, packaging it up and delivering it uh, consistently every day. So um, we kind of play this role where we do a little bit of our own, I call it Amazon Basics original content mixed in with our fulfillment center. Um, and we're trying to act as that go-to source for people to jump off and really figure out how to experience their community. And while we do that today as a newsletter, um, there are additional distribution mediums uh, that are coming uh, to maturity a little bit more. Um, and whether that's that we start delivering content uh, through AI or SMS-based delivery platforms, uh, we're really kind of positioning our content now so that we can evolve uh, going forward and not get trapped kind of like the newspaper has in the past. Everything that we're creating has the ability to be repositioned across other new, other uh, mediums going forward. So uh, opportunities are endless. We're really focused on the core product uh, and increasing revenue potential within the core product uh, primarily uh, going forward at this time. Wow, that's, um, that's incredible. So now uh, mo most companies that, that start off with, with the ambitions that you started with, um, they, they don't make it. And clearly, you and your team, you have. And not only have you made it, you're thriving. If you were to um, talk to your younger self and uh, be able to uh, you know, coach a, a, a younger entrepreneur, what two or three things would you uh, share with, with your younger self or another entrepreneur to say, hey, keep this in mind? It, th these were the two or three things that really helped us push through and, and get to that, that next level where we're a, a thriving business. Um, funding revenue and audience, um, real quick, but I think uh, a few things uh, come to mind. One, you can try to boot, you can bootstrap any business from the beginning, and it can be very challenging. Um, it is appropriate always to bring the right partners and financial resources to the table. Um, sometimes that means some dilution for your company. Other times it doesn't. Uh, we were able to find uh, non-dilutive funding resources in the beginning of our growth. Um, and then myself compared, combined with my business partner, uh, we had comp complementary skill sets. Um, we didn't take two people who had the exact same beliefs and put them together in a room. We had very uh, opposing thoughts on certain things that it helped us work through challenges faster. Um, and we were able to go out and raise some capital that really gave us the runway. So we didn't have to always focus on chasing the dollars. Um, the two lessons we learned that counter that are uh, we 
banked on the on the runway that was created from funding and did not ramp up our sales as quickly as we needed to and build out our sales team uh, as early as we would have liked. I think we could be a lot further along in our revenue potential today had we invested more time and effort in building our sales team uh, at the very onset of the business. Uh, at the beginning, myself and business partner, Ryan Johnson, were selling and trying to run the business. And those two things are not a, a good balance. Um, it, it really slowed us down in the growth of the business because we had to make sure we closed the sales to stay afloat. Um, and then the other thing that I think was really important is, uh, and we call it uh, building a loyal, engaged community or a loyal, engaged audience. So around whatever product you're building, uh, one, don't build it and hope they will come. You might want to identify who they are first and make sure that they're there with you. Um, but we really started building a loyal, engaged audience. We did not spend any money in developing that audience initially. It was all organic growth, which was validating to the product. But what we learned over time is that we were spending $1.20 per to acquire a subscriber, but their lifetime value is over $20. We really should have been spending more like $5 to $7 or subscriber or just spending 5x on building that audience so that we could really get the audience up faster. Uh, today, we have 275,000 subscribers. We should be in north of a half a million right now. Uh, we're realigning the business today to pick up that audience. So. Uh, audience and revenue, uh, probably the most important. And then I think I mentioned earlier briefly, um, when we moved truly to Gap Financials and got on uh, board with our real accounting firm, uh, shout out to Elliot Davis here in Greenville, who's been amazing. Uh, when we went over to legal counsel, we used Morris Manning and Martin in Atlanta, and they have been absolutely incredible resource for us, have really helped us to uh, take the foundational operating agreement that we created uh, and get that all cleaned up. We use uh, Trinet uh, as an amazing HR resource for us. We lever the full extent of that PEO relationship. So everything from payroll, HR benefits, 401k, all the uh, nuts and bolts of making sure that we can manage our staff effectively. And then my number one uh, favorite resource that we've put in play um, and we really have built since the beginning, taking kind of the engineering mindset is uh, process. And we use a platform called Trainual. Uh, and Trainual has really been the key to managing all of our business processes, everything from onboarding our staff to maintaining the tone and voice of our product um, and everything in between is all built into that. Um, and so that's really, really helped set us apart, has expedited our ability to grow and scale uh, today. But without all those, that framework and, and making the investment in those pieces, I don't think that we would be in a position to uh, kind of take off where we are right now. Thinking about SCRA, you know, we're, we're thrilled with what you all are building. If you were to explain your relationship with um, our organization to another entrepreneur that was just trying to learn about, you know, why, why partner with SCRA? What what would you say to that that person, and um, what were the you know two or three points that you'd want to make sure that they they understand that have been the most valued to you? I think when we met and recognized the opportunity with SCRA and SC Launch side of that uh, element, the the funding piece that was available when we were growing um, was highly valuable to us um, to come in and pick up a convertible note um, from SC Launch. 
at a time when we weren't quite ready to do an equity round and we didn't fully understand the valuation of our business. All of the money that we had raised at that point had been through promissory notes or safes or a convertible debt. Uh, while we maybe took on too many different types of debt um, that required some cleanup efforts later, the convertible debt structure is probably the most seamless and easiest one to process and understand. Uh, the workflow and going through that process with SC Launch was relatively seamless and easy to do. Um, and quite honestly, the terms on that debt are better than a lot of what other people are looking for in the market. So, you know, at a relatively low cost, we're able to pick up um, that investment that allowed us to expedite the company forward. And, and it truly did allow us to take our company to the next, to the next level at that time. Um, and then SC Launch has been able to work well with us going forward to make sure that as we grow, that money is positioned and they're in a way that is not uh, going to negatively impact our future growth. Um, so we're able to support and work with uh, SC Launch, get feedback quickly and rock and roll and move forward as we go into future equity rounds. Excellent. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for investing your time, thinking and energy with us today. We really just, um, we're excited to share this story with everybody who listens to the, our podcast. And uh, we hope to bring you back on again in the not so distant future and get the latest. For sure. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it. We're excited about 2021.